Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. Chemical, chemical, that's disgusting, that's disgusting, that's disgusting, that's disgusting, And it starts right now. Oh, love that. Oh, buch. And there's so much going on in there. And an opening buch from Goldie. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm right. assuming that you listened to the first one, you loved it so much. And here you're back for a typical disgusting display with Goldie and the sulk. I'm Family Guy writer Alex Sulkin. I'm here with Family Guy writer Goldie, John Goldblatt. Say hello to the people, Johnny. I wouldn't assume they listened to the first one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're, you're on me about my assumptions today. Yeah. I don't care for it. I don't care for it. Not, it's not an early tone I want to set. Uh, we're also here with the lovely, talented Family Guy audio engineer, J.C. Brooks. Hey How yo. are you today? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, I know you're not. We talked beforehand and you are not well today. She is lying to you right off the bat. Her you unwell an... her unwell looks so much better than my well. Oh my God. A hundred times Very better. Um, you had an allergic reaction to Thai food. Yeah. MSG, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotta be careful leveling that accusation at a restaurant. I know. <laughs> well, she didn't name the restaurant. She wouldn't. <laughs> right. But a lot of them like claim to be MSG free. I and think if you're all of saying them there's right. M- right. And if you're saying that, I mean, that's yeah. it's quite an accusation. It's true. You're right. Um, well, you didn't sleep well, and I appreciate you gutting it out today. <laughs> gutting yeah. it out, getting us going as usual. Thank uh, you. Goldie, I don't know. Did you? I wanted to mention this. I don't know if you saw this. Did you happen to see um, that low light from uh, the Wizards Sixers game where uh, Russell Westbrook uh, had to leave with an injury and a fan threw popcorn at him from above. I read about it, but I haven't seen the clip yet. Now to me, and and everybody's up in arms, like LeBron was instantly, you know, calling for a congressional committee. He was saying (laughs) we need videotape of the fan. Everyone was up in arms. To me, isn't popcorn like the, if you're going to get hit by anything, popcorn is nothing. Is, is, well, does that, I mean, he, he, I mean, he had to be restrained. I, I he had to be restrained. popcorn, so <laughs> yeah. if you threw popcorn at me, I would just be eating it. Like, I'm, I'm not, but I understand it's like if I were at work and, you know, someone just 
threw popcorn at me, I would probably (laughs) go ballistic. I mean, we're all on a hair trigger from COVID, right? Like, we're just all ready to kill someone. So (laughs) I I just think it's, you know, you shouldn't be throwing popcorn unless you're ready to die right now. (laughs) Right. Well, but this was also like in the middle of what became a 30-point blowout loss where they got their asses handed to them, which I think that had something to do with it. But I mean... You think about but the fans he, have been bothering him for a long time. I know, but popcorn, it's literally like it's like snow, but with not cold. Right. Well, it, it, in his defense, if it's buttered and then it's going to no, be a green stain on the uniform, and then it's like he's a meticulous guy, <laughs> right. you know, and then you. You know, you're suiting up and you see that little dark patch on your uniform under the light and it and and all of a sudden you're angry all over again. Okay, right? I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see it. Because it's know. like all my clothes have that from having kids, you yeah. know, where it's like you spend so much time and energy picking out your clothes. You're so specific about it. I, I, I go to website. I read reviews of shirts, you know, and, and then I finally get one I like and it's like one errant finger with you know, an applesauce remnant on it. And then every time I'm in light for the rest of my life, because I buy clothes once every 10 years, I'm seeing this like (laughs) spot that implies that I myself am flawed. Uh, I don't, I can't believe that you do research on shirts. Like what, what kind of research to learn? What kind of research? You know, I, I rely completely in my life on strangers reviews of everything their opinions are much more important to me than my loved ones like if if you're on some website and you've written about like a short sleeve tee and how it 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 bunches too much under your arms or something like just know how formative that was for me yes I, I, I took it i took it as a personal victory because you'll remember i i i think i gave you two collared t-shirts and you wore you wore them into the ground like you they they died you know <laughs> with medals of honor to la you had been working while well. you had a lot more money than i did and <laughs> once a year you would have a blowout of your closet yeah and give me all your stuff and even though <laughs> you're so slightly sweet. bigger than i am i would then yep. being broke wear these clothes for the next two years. So I looked like this sort of rerun version of you for the next couple of years running around. And then I, in turn, would give them, you know, to other people. Uh, you did? Yeah. There's a whole food chain, Hollywood food chain of like. Of your clothes. Actors, awesome. actors always need other people's used clothes. I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, uh, so you're saying I'm going to see him on Mike Bichetti one day. <laughs> Maybe God, I mean, God hope so. But I, you know, I now I buy all my own clothes, and you know, being bald, the the garments are of paramount importance. Oh, that's right. You know, that's all I want people to look at. So they they need to put on a show. <laughs> Did you in the eighties have one of those sweatshirts that had like? The, oh, you you weren't bald then. You didn't care. No, I, I take the. I, I would draw the question. Hair. No, I would. I, I would, would do draw, anything. I, I would do anything to get my shirt off in the eighties. god i did everything to keep my shirt on i was the king of uh and pick up basketball games subtly getting on the shirts team every time i'd be like i got i guess this side will be shirts you guys be skins it just we'll switch it up what were you doing in the pool shirt or no shirt wetsuit top i i had you have to do no shirt in the pool you gotta not in the 80s well, but then you then you just submerge to the neck. 
So it doesn't right. matter. Like yeah. you, you use that little equalizer where everyone's in a funhouse mirror. My body's not strange and squishy. <laughs> oh, God, that made me anxious just talking about it. <laughs> um, Goldie, uh, you have a, uh, a new member of your household. I think it's That's important right. that we say hello yeah. and congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know What's if you can on? see him there. Maybe, I, you know, the, the wonderful thing oh, about this. Oh, he's at your feet? Yeah, come oh here. Yeah, it's a baby. This is Lloyd. Oh, my God. This is Lloyd, everybody. Hi, Lloyd. <laughs> He's a pug. I, for those of you who are listening, I'm holding up a pug. An adorable pug who is uh, so, like, chill. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? He really is. I mean, he's. they say he's two. So, first of all, Sweet. he is a rescue. So oh, you I, deserve our thanks and recognition. I... I mean, I'm I'm sort of just blown away by how good a person I am right now <laughs> yeah. because I could afford any dog I wanted. To have. <laughs> it's very heartwarming. I could have gone to a puppy mill and gotten a new designer guy. Dog. Well, this guy looks spanking new. He looks like you know new car smell so on that guy. Sweet. Yeah, he's barely used and um, basically like Light, I, lightly used. I mean, this was just my attempt to. Uh, in one grand gesture, make up for one and a half years of screaming at my children <laughs> during this pandemic and going like, hopefully uh, you're going to forget all that because of him and uh, we'll just move on and just <laughs> pretend all that other stuff didn't. Because I've been apart from them for maybe like four hours in the last year and a half. And, and, yeah. and unlike some people, I didn't have a nanny and cheat. <laughs> oh my god the best kind of cheating there is spygate me I, yeah. I mean i would give me the tapes of my opponent i'll take the nanny <laughs> i mean i would have taken the nanny but it, it was off the table and it's it's just kind of funny though because it's you know i'm 48 and then i i told my mom i was getting this dog and she, and she was still like you know a dog is a lot of work as though, <laughs> like you don't know. Yeah, that like. Well, I better hold his hand through. Well, you know how this is gonna end. It's gonna end with me having to take care of it. It's like that's, it's off the table. I live like <laughs> three thousand miles from you. You're not gonna end up taking care of him. Oh my god, he's um, so sweet. And look at Lloyd. Is Lloyd is so calm. He doesn't care. He's, but he's so sweet. But it's I. I didn't realize like. First of all, like when you get to choose a dog at this age, like going on Pet Finder is the closest thing I'll ever have to being on Tinder as a married guy. <laughs> Swiping. Cause it's, yeah, because it's like I'm getting to choose sort of like not attractive. <laughs> uh, Doesn't do it for me. Don't like his jaw. Right. <laughs> Too big. But do they in turn get to okay or not okay you is it like well, a mutual thing yeah i mean i was i was just kind of amazed at you know given that the option is uh me or lethal injection <laughs> sort of like how how much they had to weigh the decision oh yeah before going with me like i had to fill out a college style application um and then we went down there and by the way, I, I do want to just say praise to, they're called Pug Nation LA. Oh. They're down in oh, Long yeah. Beach. They're, they're good. A, they're good. A, We've they're used a pug them. rescue. We've and used them. They're really awesome. And they take great care of the dogs. Um, but when we drove down there, there was this whole conference in the car, like 
we were looking at two different dogs and I, and I was trying to tell my wife and the kids, I was like, look, okay, we got to play it cool. Cause the, the searching for this dog may be a long process. Like our hearts are going to go out to the dog, but it might not be the right dog. So we've just got to, you know, tamp down our emotions here and make a rational decision. And then like, as soon as he licked me, I'm turning to my wife and I'm going, can we get him? Can we get him? <laughs> Please? Like, we have him? And I literally, I mean, you know, I cry easily, but I literally, yeah, we do. I love it. I started crying. Um, cause I loved him so much. Like I oh, fell, God, in, he's going I fell in love. I fell in love. I mean, how could you not look at that? I oh. fell in love with him and I'm, I was like, I was weeping and, you know, I, oh. there's actually an interesting aspect of this in, in relation to because today we are going to talk about how to interview for a writing job. And so when we get to that part, I'll, I'll say there was an interesting thing Lloyd did that I think would is good for a human to do. During oh, an good. Lloyd. Lloyd's handing out pointers now is yeah. an example of, yeah. of what to do. Um, now, I it's such a cute moment. I so hesitate to give you shit. <laughs> no, but I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm ready for it. Let's get into the name. Yes. Explain to those who don't know. So the dog's name is Lloyd, and why is that? That is what his name was at the rescue. Wait a minute. I heard a different story already. What did you hear? Well, your your missus posted uh, that it was Harold Lloyd, named after Harold Lloyd. But she was just sort of like... Was she joking? Ah, she was like freelancing out there. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> this is this is an unsatisfying conclusion because my yeah. the, what I what I, know. I, thought, I love that you thought you were about to nail me, which is why I let you sort of ramp <laughs> into it because I but, knew it was just going to be a dud firework and kind of go like. <laughs> and, and, well, the, the and reason it's there, and you would just be left standing there with nothing. This is dirty, and I, dirty I let pool. you do it. Dirty I let pool. it happen. This is dirty pool. And I'm loving the, it. And now the, I want this to go on. The other day, uh-huh. you acknowledged that Steph had named the dog Harold Lloyd. No, no, we, no. I acknowledged she had put a post up saying his name was Harold Lloyd mm. Goldblatt. And then I said, I don't, I don't know what she's doing. I thought the dog's name was Harold Lloyd. And I was going to give you shit for that. But now I can't. Uh, well, can't. Because of a lie. I mean, how are because you Because of the big today. lie. I mean, what are your dog's names that are so great? <laughs> Here uh, we go. I, I can't remember their names. We have too many. <laughs> how many do you have? Uh, we, we currently have uh, three. Because you take old dogs. We have... We take old dogs. Any, any, we'll, we'll give you an old dog, a used dog for less because I cost so less. Yeah, no, we take old dogs. We have three old ones right now. They piss and shit in the downstairs nightly. Lovely. Um, so there's that, you know, a lot of that kind of aroma wafting through the Cape air, which is always nice. Uh, yeah, I got to say, I was, I was pleasantly surprised because, you know, when you get a dog and you, and you don't know if they're housebroken or whatever, because he, he, his story was, I guess, his uh, previous owner was terminally ill, and oh my God. Mm. and I think died with him in the house. And to his credit, he didn't eat her. Um, <laughs> That's always <laughs> a big <laughs> step for a dog. But uh, I guess they found him in the bathroom, and he was sort of in his own filth and such. But um, so right when he got to our house, he went in the bathroom and just peed everywhere. <laughs> I think to kind of because he was freaking out because of the bathroom, but. Uh, has not had any accidents since and like Aww. appears to know 
He looks so cute. He's so happy. He's so cute. Yeah. Wow. He's oh. putting on a show because he actually. I was kind of chagrined because, you know, I, I was the driving force behind like, okay, let's get him. But then when it came time to pick him up, I was working. So my wife went to pick him up, but then she was treated as his liberator. So really the last three days he's been following her around the yes. house and, and sort of giving me the cold shoulder stink eye. But since I'm the only one here right now, he's acting as though like, but the, I mean, you can see he lets you hold him like a friggin' baby. Yeah. I know. That's so cute. Oh God. Oh, I want to meet. So I want to cute. pet him. Well, Lloyd, however you got your name, it is a pleasure to meet you, and welcome to the podcast. Any questions about Hi, interviews? Lloyd. No, you have a point though. Later. Yeah. Um. All right. That was right. nice. Let's nice meeting, down. Lloyd. Get him. Get him out of okay, there. Lloyd, get him. You, you've done great in your yeah. show business debut, but your second lesson is know when to leave the stage. <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> um. Speaking of that old style sticky comedy, let's. Get into Johnny Jokes. Uh, yes! <laughs> I like it. I like it. Last week you said Johnny Jokes, and this week you said Johnny's. I, I like Johnny's better. Yeah. Um, that music is is terrible, public domain, but it's supposed to evoke... Uh, Evoke the spirit uh, of Mr. Uh, Johnny Carson. It works. I think it works. Johnny. Uh, This is a part of the show where we like to honor the sometimes corny, sometimes amazing, often awful type of joke writing that uh, went on for for Johnny Carson that that were in his monologues. But also that when we were coming up and wanted to do specifically late night comedy, you were forced, your entree into this was to mimic these sort of horrible jokes written for an old man. And if you were able to ape this style, you were then guaranteed a Supreme Court-like tenure on a late night show <laughs> for 35 years. And you would buy three houses because a house back then cost $180,000 and you would put all your kids through school. Uh, and now it's a totally useless skill that we still have. These were the type of jokes that when we started out, you had to kind of try to nail these. You had to write a lot of these. Yes. And now uh, it's more about you've got to write your own personal story and let everyone know why you're so special. Right. But these were just straight jokes and uh, you know, for uh, a Johnny Carson <laughs> style. Now, now yeah. Goldie, uh, do you want to go first? Or how would you like to do I, that? I, I tend to he, I tend to be your warm up back here. Yeah, so. well, uh, I I can't find the impression till I hear you do it. Uh-huh, that's then, an, I, uh, then I lock in on it like Iron Eagle. Uh, <laughs> Iron Eagle, already good. You're already on the board. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Starting off slowly. <clears throat> uh, early research indicates that uh, dogs may able. <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> Lloyd start just here. perked up. <laughs> <laughs> Early research indicates that dogs may be able to sniff out COVID-19 in children. Uh, yeah, you can read all about it in the new kids' book, Dr. Fauci and the Wuhan Woof Woof. <laughs> <laughs> They're just Carson words. Yeah. Carson words. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, you know, this is a, kind of a tough news story. Uh, Bitcoin. Uh, tumbled over 13% this weekend after a brutal week of losses. Uh, you know, boy, it's uh, it's getting harder and harder to do bit laundry. 
It's okay. interesting we have such a different approach to these. <laughs> I know. Well, mine is, I just think of a silly phrase at the end and build from there, as you'll yeah. see in this next one. <clears throat> well, uh, if you can believe it, uh, the election recount continues today in Arizona, with the Republicans still clinging to the belief that their candidate won. Uh, yeah, you know, Republicans say the recount will be over when they get a better sense of Yuma. and we're punning we're punning puns are big Uh, goldie you're gonna like this one i predict if i can get through it here we go johnny jokes a former high-end hollywood call girl revealed in a memoir that she serviced nba stars all the way back to the 60s oh yeah it's a great read uh, you know, my favorite part was when she said Kareem gave her koozie the big O. <laughs> uh, that's for no one. Okay, I got that, one. No, that's, that's a perfect one yeah, left. Well, uh, last and, one. And, and like last week, I I just know this one won't top the previous one. <laughs> I know, I know. It's maybe we'll see. <clears throat> oh boy, no, this was uh, tough. Uh, one more hangman's rope has been discovered on an Amazon construction site in Connecticut. Uh, Only one? Boy, slow noose day. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Johnny jokes. Those are are quite good. Those are quite good. All right, now I'm anxious to hear yours. Well, I'd I'd also like to point out that, you know, we did a few test shows and we've done a a show. Uh, These are getting experts. These are getting exponentially harder to write. Uh, yes, oh, I sure. ran out of gas early this week. Yeah. And then a few came together late. <clears throat> Those were good. I won't get into my pregame, postgame yet. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, JC. Uh, d- Democrats and Republicans are trying to come to a consensus on infrastructure. They're going to rebuild roads, bridges, and Army Hammer's reputation. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Good. Well, then good, because there's a follow-up. <laughs> you know, Army Hammer, you've heard, you've heard about this now. <clears throat> Army Hammer is under fire after DMs were discovered saying he wants to be a cannibal and eat his lover. Army Hammer, a cannibal. So if you're his postmate, you better door dash before you get Uber eaten. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. What, a, really what a dismount. <laughs> what a, that was amazing. Whoa. That was just Carrie Strug on one leg, <laughs> nailing it. <laughs> that was quite a hole there. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> President Biden wants to investigate whether COVID was created in a lab. Yeah. Uh, they're zeroing in on the same lab that created car alarms, spam email, and baby shark. <laughs> that's good. That's just a smiler. That's yeah. a good. That's a, that's a crowd pleaser. You know, it's the people who line up and spend all day in Burbank yes, are gonna they, like it. We don't they love like that. It. Yeah, they we don't it. like it. We, I mean, we love but it, but we don't at, like. Right, but your average <laughs> dumb idiot who goes to this show and it's like the highlight of their year, they're like, "Oh, baby shark." Right? Yes, like yep. that's the attitude of that joke. Johnny and I know the same things. Yeah. <laughs> And now, now I'm gonna dip. I, I'm, I'm gonna dip my toe in controversy here. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. Oh boy, Ooh, I don't want to get go. canceled here. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California, and her family isn't involved at all. <laughs> but she's got an interesting slogan 
California, forget about change. It's time to transition. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to trying to seem hip like I would. I I get the issues and I'm dancing around. You did that. It's not quite a take, but it's it's. I mean, he yeah. Johnny would have talked talked about Caitlyn Jenner probably every monologue. Yeah, that was sort of his wheelhouse in, in, type in a stuff. way that that would have gotten him in a brouhaha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. uh, All right. Well, last one here. <clears throat> last one. It's interesting. We overlap topics, but <clears throat> I think I, I, this is this is the purest Carson joke I believe I've written. Oh, I nice. love that. I yeah. love that claim. <clears throat> there are all these new cryptocurrencies, and they're all going absolutely crazy. Bitcoin, Dogecoin. And Ethereum. Heard of these? Heard of these? Meanwhile, my ex-wife has invested heavily in NFTs. New fake tatas. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny jokes. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Oh, wow. That, you know what? Out of the two shows, I think by far our best Johnny jokes. Yeah. <laughs> We're, that's in our top 10 all time. They'll be never those be were, equal. Now, those now were it's, excellent. Yeah. Those were oh, both, yeah. both sets were really great. Just flipping through CNN. Can I confess something now that it's over and the, and yes. the competition's over? I completely made up the story about the high-end... Los Angeles call girl. Oh wow! <laughs> Just so I could say, uh, <laughs> gave her koozie so, the big O. So you you built that. Wow. You're, why were you thinking that? Why were I you was, walking around uh, thinking that sentence and then having to reverse engineer a story about a hooker? I was watching interviews on YouTube with Bob Koozie because I think he sounds hysterical. He's a funny sounding guy, and so then I started thinking. Oh, Bob Cousy is a funny name for like oral sex. Like, oh yeah, you know. Like she, yes. I would. I did a little. I bobbed her Cousy, and uh, then I just started thinking of like Cousy the Big O, and that's how it went. So yeah. then there was a fake news, a, a fake call girl was thrown under the bus. It's amazing. If you ever get dementia, you are gonna give the nurses like the most fascinating time of their lives. <laughs> Oh, God. Can I get dementia soon? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Johnny Jokes, always very fun. 
and Goldie, you are great at them. So oh, as well, hard as you're working, hey. work harder. Wow. More on that. Um, so we're, we've got to the uh, that special part of the show this week where uh, we talk to aspiring writers. And remember, we are writers who hate writing. So we're speaking to you. And we're going to talk a little bit about the interview process when you go and interview for a job. So someone has read your spec script. They've enjoyed it to the point where they want to bring you in for an interview. And they're they're probably doing this with a few people for one position. So we wanted to talk about some of our interview stories and possibly some things that might help you in an interview scenario. So Goldie, I remember you had an interview with, with I believe, Tina Fey and Amy or just Tina for, it was just for something Tina. in SNL? Yeah, I mean, this is a, sort of a good example of going into the thing you may not know what to expect or even who you're meeting with because they might tell you you're interviewing for X show. And in, in the process of that, you might be meeting with an, the actor, the star. That person sometimes will pop in because they they want to check out the writers. And so, like, for a lot of people, this may be their first encounter with a celebrity, right? And it's it's just something you need to be aware of that, like, people may cycle through. They may want you know, some non-writing producer to meet you. They And certainly the executive who's in charge of hiring may meet you. But, but like, you never know what that situation is. And I think yeah. sometimes you go in thinking like, oh, I'm just interviewing with a person who read my script. Mm -hmm. That may or may not be the case. So right. this, this was sort of a good example of, I had been uh, fired by Craig Ferguson off of uh, The Late Late Show after- You wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. Uh, yeah. Not resentful years later. Um, <laughs> but I, so I had written, you know, uh, 50 news jokes of, of the likes of which you had just heard. And this there was an opening at, for the weekend update portion of Saturday Night Live, which is a separate job from writing the sketches, or at least was at the time. It still is. Yeah. And so, but I was living out in L.A. and they said, you know, Saturday Night Live is going to fly you in and they're going to put you up at a hotel and then you're going to meet Tina Fey, who was doing the news at that time. And, you know, something I, I tell people is, you know, when they're going into these interviews is that there's really two parts of the interview. And this is true of like pitch meetings, um, anything in Hollywood. There's there's the part where you walk in the room and it's there's the sort of like banter of what's going on hey crazy yes. day you know oh my ride here whatever so yeah you should be prepared to either be a great listener with lots of laughter for their part of it or you should be entering with your own life like an acting exercise yes but you should not be going in sit down and wait to hear questions about the show immediately because about like clockwork 25 minutes into this meeting, someone will say the word, so. Yes. <laughs> That's and, what you're looking for. Yes. That's and that is the clue that this is about to begin the portion of the actual meat and bones of this thing. So, oh, okay. Oh. I thought that was the cue to leave. No, no, no. I'm saying there's okay. the there's the initial pre-banter. I probably yes. put it too late. Well, and, and I let's, said 25 let's, minutes, but it's probably let's, 15. 
let's dig in a little on this on this pre-interview portion of it because I totally agree with you. And and also another thing that people should prepare for, it's just a slight variation of what you said is is sometimes it's a writing team that will be interviewing you. So you it's it's almost like a police interrogation where at least with with uh me and Rich, you know, at Family Guy, when people come in, I think maybe they've only been talking to one of us or or something. They just, they don't always expect that they're going to be two of us. And that's right. sort of like they're watching a tennis match of, you know, looking back and forth. And it's a little bit disorienting, but you're right that this stuff at the top is a great indication. It, again, like we said with the scripts last week, where you can tell within the first three pages, five pages, if a script's going to be good or not, it's almost the same in an interview. Within five minutes, you should be giving them a sense of, yes, I can be funny in a room with you two because you're also writers and I want to be a writer and I can be funny. But without, again, being Shecky Green out there, you know, just kind of pumping out the jokes and material. But you should have, you know, if you're, like you said, they flew you to New York. I'm sure you came right. in with like, I haven't been to New York since. Well, I mean... That puts a lot of weight on the situation, right? That you've been flown in, and and they probably are totally unaware of your situation. Like they don't. And do did do guests of Saturday Night Live stay at the Paramount Hotel? I believe I did stay at the Paramount Hotel. All right, Hotel. there we go. Nice. Um, but you know, it's it, it, if you've done stand up though, maybe you're accustomed to this. But if if you haven't, it's something to be aware of too. That like it's very hard to psych yourself up for a day when there's only one important part of the day and it happens at like three. Right. Managing your energy is kind of paramount, but also uh, it, it can be difficult. But so anyway, so I, you know, obviously there was a lot riding on this interview for me. And I, I remember I was in the lobby of 30 Rock about to head up and I had been an NBC page years before. And so I was like kind of walking around my old beat and looking at the NBC store where they forced some of us to work. Um, right. And and there was like this Friends t-shirt in the window. And knowing that I had to do this like funny part, I, I, I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, do I just buy a, a way too big Friends t-shirt <laughs> and wear it into this meeting and oh, not say anything? And would they think that was funny and go because you know right away that's gonna determine now more than the jokes what happens like it's either like that guy's hilarious he just did this bit he's making us laugh or like is he on some sort of spectrum where he thinks like we like friends and he he's very he's kind of tone deaf to normal human cues but he's like a joke writing machine you know and (laughs) just the idea of you in an ill-fitting friends t-shirt that was like far too big is is very very funny. I thought so. Anyway, I did not do it because I I felt there was so much riding on it that I didn't want to come down to that. And I had this meeting, and it went great. And like she was awesome. Um, the, the time flew by, and 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 leaving, I was so positive. I was I I mean, I was walking in the street, and I almost couldn't believe it because I had left New York, and and my stand up there had been eight years of no success. Like I'd never been passed at a club. I, I don't think I made I, in eight years of doing stand up. I don't think I made 10 grand total. Um, and we were I, past it. We were past at Gladys's. Well, that's a <laughs> whole other issue. I know. But, uh, you know, I was walking the street and I was like, my life's about to change. I'm about to live in New York and have one of the coolest jobs you can have. I mean, if you go to any 
party and say, I write for Weekend Update. I write for Tina Fey. Like the everyone's attention is going to be on you. And that's what New York is oh, about. Yes. Is, is trumping people's jobs. That's the whole <laughs> yeah, thing there. Totally. Um, that's funny. But then I I got back and then they just told me like, yeah, she hired a friend of hers from Second City. She liked you, though. Oh, that's yeah. so brutal. And so, of course, in retrospect, you would have done the shirt because, A, you would have said, fuck it, it doesn't matter. And yes. it would have been only it could have possibly been a Hail Mary where they thought it was so funny. that yeah. They were just like, we got to hire him. I mean, I know you're my friend, but the other guy wore this huge shirt. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> could be. Yeah. You should have seen it. We were all laughing. <laughs> Um, that, that, that's so funny. Uh, and so you were, you know, that's another thing. Like you can have your A game and feel like you had a great interview and there's some other weird reason that jumps in the way of you getting hired. So you yeah. can do everything right. Basically you can be witty, pleasant, have great material. They want to meet you and still they hire, they hire a friend and you a can't friend. do anything. So when was the last time you even had to interview for something? I mean, you're a very powerful man. Huh, easy for you to say. Well, let's see. It's been a while, but it's been a while. But I actually interviewed, I think, maybe five or a little around five years ago. I worked for one season as a consultant on a show called Life in Pieces that was on CBS for like four years. It was created by uh, Justin Adler. And so I had a meeting with him. And we had a really nice meeting. Like, Did you want the job, though, or were you trying to tank it? Because when sometimes you're on these overall deals right, and, and you have to go interview for a show and they, they want you to work for something because you've sure. been unproductive for them. So then they send you off to the show. And by the way, I've become a master at tanking those interviews in a totally <laughs> right. undetectable way. Oh Which, God! I that's love almost it. a separate episode. But I'm, that's I'm, like that's like point shaving. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yes, and I, I I feel like that's a separate episode because we're talking about people who want a job, who now. want the job, want the right. job. So my and this wasn't as you pointed out. So I'm on what's called an overall deal with uh, at the time 20th, which is now 20th Disney. Um, and they often, if you have a deal with them and you're not working on a specific show, I had been on Family Guy, but I left to do Ted 2. And uh, and so they, they say, well, we're still paying you. So we want you to work for one of our shows. So a show they happen to be producing called Life in Pieces, which, yes, it aired on CBS, but it's produced by 20th, which is another weird thing about Hollywood. And uh, so they said, we, you know, we love this guy, Justin Adler. We love this show that he's making. Would you consider working on it? And I'm basically like, I'm pretty dutiful. Like I understand they're paying me, right. so I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm not going to go. And also I'm meeting new people and we're so in a bubble at Family Guy where it's so rare that you get the chance to work with other writers rooms. Mm -hmm. And so I was anxious to do that in any way. Anyway, the interview with Justin was great because, and this is something that is not at all helpful for most of our viewers, but it's like, he looked at me like a peer, you know, he knew I was on an overall deal. So it wasn't like I was some young writer who was really anxious to make a good first, first impression. Although I am because I'm just naturally insecure that way. Like I, I want to fool yeah, you about me. Same. You know, I, I want you to think I'm a nice, uh, helpful, not lazy person. <laughs> so we had a, we had a great interview and we just ended up talking about a bunch of stuff. And I, I think he even asked me to, you know, recommend other writers for the staff so it was like one of those kind of things 
Um, but yes, I, I haven't had an interview where a lot was on the line for a long time. So the stuff that I know to come in and say probably isn't relevant anymore. You know, if you... well, I, I think it is in the, in that I think there's two types of interview and one is where you don't have any power and one is where you do have power. Right. right. And, and this is, I actually wanted to talk about these two dogs at, at the rescue, one of whom I wound up with <laughs> and the other one I didn't. Um, and, Cause they almost had, they almost r- really nicely Similar uh, resumes. Yeah. D- right. Demonstrated the two styles of interview. So I'm trying to pick a dog, right? Say you're trying to pick a writer. One dog comes out and the first thing he does is jump in my daughter's arms and lick her face. So oh I, I early the, the, lead. The, early the analogy lead. to me is that you're not necessarily going to first impress the person you're there to see you want to see who's important to them (laughs) and make a good impression so that means from the second you walk into that building the assistants or whoever who might be their old friend or might be a young person they're mentoring or might be their kid they're gatekeepers they're gatekeepers yes and those people have a way of five years from whenever you interviewed being very powerful yeah. Always. So I would say the first thing you do is you don't just turn on. You turn on the second you're on the lot. You turn on when you give your ID to the security person. You're nice. Yes. Yeah. This is great advice. Yeah. Because yeah. people talk to everyone, and Always. so best. And if you use the friggin' bathroom, you don't like you know pee on the side of the stall. If you go to the the canteen or whatever, you throw two bucks in the tip jar, like wait, because no, wait. the. Wait a minute, I gotta stop you here. Yeah. For flagrant use of canteen. What are we are we, are we World War II vets? What is what is happening here? A canteen doesn't that refer to like a small uh, Yeah, no, I know what it refers yeah. to, but I also know that it refers to one in like Casablanca or something. Oh god forbid I attempt to add a little elegance. Okay. But I but the, your point is well taken. Your point is well taken that bring your a game manners with it's, you and it's not First just moment. again the person yes. you're there to interview with it's it's everyone that you're trying yes. to impress totally. you're you're the dog in the rescue you're you need someone to get you the f out of your situation yes so like first thing goes to the daughter does that second thing pretty quickly because i was alone with my daughter goes well this is obviously the bigger human being now I turn and give him my respects. And yes. then it turned into like one by one eliminating my doubts. Like he's, 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 you know, from his perspective, he's like, he's probably wondering, oh no, but is he good on a leash? So then on the leash, he demonstrates, look, buddy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull. I'm not going to tug. I'm not going to go nuts. Yeah. This and is then your he, ball game. you know, he goes, well, maybe he's like, uh, but how is he with other dogs? So the second another dog walks by, he shows, look, I'm good. I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, wondering, is he housebroken? Well, I get outside and I pee. So. Wow. You know, one by one, breaking down the, the reservations. Whereas the second dog um, I took, who, and I was actually leaning toward the second dog because he was part Boston Terrier, which is a breed I like. His approach was clearly, he was older. He was four. I'm guessing the the analog would be the jaded writer who's who's just has maybe worked had a couple jobs, doesn't really like my show, but is deigning to come in because of economic circumstance or their reps pressured them into it, and it became 
what are you going to do for me? Like he was just indifferent to me and I was doing right. stuff to try to draw him out. Never good. nothing. And then I just said, well, I got this other guy who's younger. Yep. Yeah. By the way, two years younger. <laughs> who seems to know the game better yeah. already. Yeah, smaller, have a sense. Less food. So, I, you know, I, I think that's something you want to be aware of, too, that, that you know, they are interviewing you and you are inter- you are interviewing them if you have some power, if you're a coveted writer. But so what is going to be important to the person you're interviewing now is the person who's been on the other side of this. You, you a want to like them, as we've talked about, like that is of the extreme importance. But B, you're wondering, like, OK, I've written seven characters for this show. Maybe one or two of them are based on me. Maybe one's based on my mom, my wife, whoever, my kids. But odds are like four of them were a stretch that yes. like it's a person I don't know really well. It's an amalgamation of people and that I can't write them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, so can you? Who, who can come in? <laughs> yeah. So if, if right. you can clearly find in this script of the show that you're interviewing for the character who you can say, oh, I yes. really responded to this. This person is like me. It reminded of me when I did this. And yes. now you're building in the interviewer's head, okay, I'm going to be able to turn to this person and go like, Louise, you know, when she first gets that job at the restaurant, you know, what is she primarily concerned with? Because I don't know. Now, did you meet Louise at the canteen? <laughs> Another I, I'm sitting name. here pouring my guts out trying to be helpful. <laughs> I'm trying to score. And, and you're no, but, stabbing but, me over no, and over no, again no, with no, canteen. No. By, the, no, by the way, you, I would hit you over the head with a canteen, by the way. Anyone but, listening is on my side. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't, all, the, all three of them. But so you brought up something incredibly important uh, in that first chunk, which is, and I can't stress this enough, at Family Guy, I can say this with 100% certainty. If somebody comes in to interview to be a writer on Family Guy, it is, I don't care what anyone thinks about, oh, being cool or I, I have my own whatever. You go in and say, I am a huge Family Guy fan and you ha- you come in having just watched like a bunch of shows from the most recent season and saying, oh, my God, I loved this show or this show was so funny. The one where Peter does that it may you're you're already 50 percent of the way there. Like that's gotten you over a crucial step with a lot of people. People love to be complimented, but in complimented in a way where it's not like you're saying to them, oh, I love your shirt or boy, you look handsome today, boss. It's like, I love the work you are doing. It's hilarious. And I want to be a part of it. Yes. You're halfway there. And then building on it with the stuff you were just talking about, then you have to show them, okay, I look, I can, I, I can write for Chris or, you know, I, I love quagmire and he when he does this and when he's angry when he plays sports i think i really tap into that because this story in my high school when i you know got kicked out of a game or whatever it is if you build from i love your stuff everything you put on top of it is just getting you that much closer to getting the job and look there are people out there who are sitting there saying you know that's great but what if i don't have this connection what do i do you lie. You are a writer. You make something up. There is no fact checking on this. There's no ombudsman who's going to bust you. You are supposed to be good at creating stories and creating realities. So you desperately need one now to make a living. Go in there and friggin' sell a fiction like fact. 
Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And we're not saying to someone, again, who's like a, a writer who's who's worked a bunch in town, like, oh, go in and, you know, pretend that you like this or that. No, this is for someone who they're first, they're trying desperately to get their first job in the business. Yes. So you go in and if you're being interviewed on, I don't know, insert terrible show from history, if you're going in for, uh, I don't know, the Full House reboot, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, it's just not something that I would, if I went in to have an interview there, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm a huge fan. Right. But if you're coming in now to try and be a staff writer on Full House Reboot, you better come in saying, I worshipped Full House growing up. I love what you guys are doing here with the new stuff. This character is so funny. That episode was so funny. And then yes. again, you're halfway home. The John Stamos Beach Boys are better than the original lineup. <laughs> oh, God. Is that a thing? Does he do that? <laughs> yeah, doesn't he? I, all I know is he was a he was a very good mentor on Idol this season. Oh, I disagree. I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching him. I totally disagree. Really? Why? <laughs> yeah. I thought he sucked. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I stand I corrected. I, I don't have John any John Stamos? Yeah. Was and was the connection that he was on some like Mighty Ducks reboot, which is Disney. Yes. So that they were then he was they were at Disneyland. Am I right? And then Correct. he was just kind of going like. You know, when you reach this part, be real loose with it. It's like, yes. I, well, I could do that. <laughs> this is, again, <laughs> your theory. I could do that. This is your theory that you can do pretty much anything with like four weeks of training. But some of them are a stretch, like, you know, uh, strike out a Major League Baseball player. Others like mentor better than John Stamos on American Idol. <laughs> Huge stretch. I don't Huge think so. Stretch. Oh, I'll go on a mentor off any day. <laughs> mentor the, off. The Dementor. So I, I have a question. Yeah. So yeah. I know that for younger writers, a big thing for especially like this coming generation is that they already have the doubt in their head saying to themselves, well, I don't think I can do that. If I go into an interview and I say, I can write like this. That's lying. And when I get in there, I might fail. But what it sounds like to me is that you guys are saying, just get yourself into that writer's room and do your best. And if you fail, you fail. But you got you got in there. And yeah, well, absolutely. And and I think as sort of hopefully a safeguard against what you're talking about is they should have much more confidence in themselves because they're already there having a meeting. They're having an interview, which means somebody read their stuff and somebody liked it enough to call you in. So at that point, you know, you, whatever doubts you have, and it's not, everybody has doubts. I mean, I have them as a writer all the time and, and you just have to compartmentalize those, keep them to yourself, make them eat away at you on the inside until you die of cancer. <laughs> but in these moments, in these moments, you have to just be like, I am one of, I can be one of these people. Like I, they liked my script enough. I'm here, aren't I? And so now I have to do this this interview hurdle, I got to nail it. I got to be complimentary. I got to be, you know, believably, it, believably likable, believably into the project that I'm interviewing for and, uh, you know, imminently available and hopeful. I, I would say two things about this. The first that, that should provide you with comfort is that no one is expecting anything of a new writer. Oh, that's great. That's advice. true. That's great. The, the, they're expecting so little. So if you were able to contribute, new writers are lottery tickets. That's right. If, if they work out, great, and you might cash in. And if not, you're just going, well, I'll let them go at the end of the season and, right. and replace them with someone cheaper. 
Yes. From because, a management perspective. Yeah. All, all, because although these jobs are coveted, the job of an entry-level writer or a staff writer, as they're called in sitcoms, is the thinnest, smallest slice of the writer's budget. It's, you know, compared to the inflated salaries as people go up and up and up, the Goldie's totally right. It's just like you take a flyer on somebody and you hope for the best. And, uh, you know, second point though, can I, can I make one more yeah, point about please. this? Please. Sorry. Second point. It, no, no, no. Is, is that once they hire you, they've had to go to, to bat for you up the chain to go, I want to hire this person. So you are their problem. So like they are going to be vested in your success. The second they hire you, they might go from like, well, what can you do for me to like, I said you could do something for me. And now everyone's going to ask me and check in with me about you. Yeah. So we're tied together. Yes. Yes. And also you can be, you can do a good job as a staff writer in year one and not really contribute, but just clearly show that you get it. You know, I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm not going to talk that much. And again, what you said was perfect. It's you're now the person who hired you has basically vouched for you with the people who sign all the paychecks. Yes. So then when they come to say, oh, how's, uh, you know, uh, who is it? Louise? How's Louise working out? You'd be like, oh, my God, she's great. So you're going to get a pretty good cushion there. So you just basically don't want to embarrass yourself as a staff writer. Just a coda to this as well is... Not standing in the way is often as good as doing something positive. So if you feel like you're not contributing, some people's reaction is, well, now I'm going to get super nitpicky and start saying, like, is the comma there or should we put it here? Do we need the word and? Which is the exact wrong spiral reaction, because now what you're doing is you're holding up real work so everyone's staring at you over very minor things. Now, you can approach these, broach these things later with a person that's not in the room, but you will get pretty far as a, as a just-hired new writer simply by not standing in the way. Totally right. Totally right. And I, I think our friend Mike Scully, who's worked with both of us, fantastic uh, writer, he has said that um, don't pitch cuts which is what you're saying. Like, don't be the guy who, when you're not pitching jokes, you're like, do we, you know, do we need this scene? Or does this slow it down? Or do we, can we shorten that line? Like, once you start to be that guy, it's a very noticeable kind of energy yeah. in a room and and nobody likes it. But we, There was we, a writer we, on one show I was on who was spiraling that way. And one of the other writers turned to me and whispered, he can't get anything into or out of the script. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know exactly who you're talking about and where that happened. Um, But God, that's funny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, so we veered off from inter- interviews a little bit, but I think, JC, you have a few uh, questions from the Twitterverse Twitter, here. Yes. People who are uh, actively getting involved with These the show. These are tweets. Okay. These are tweets. This is uh, from Sarah at MissFitLemon. Mm. Okay. What should you talk about if you don't have writing experience that directly relates to the project? For example, an essayist who was being interviewed for a position on a late night writing team. I would say that to uh, someone who's staffing a show, any experience that's not show business writing is infinitely more interesting than show business. So absolutely talk about what you know and then be sure to bring it around to how you think you'll apply it. That's cool. uh, that answer was so succinct. I'm not going to yeah. fuck it up. Next question. Okay, this is Gadfly at Quipboy tweeted. Oh, I know this guy. Okay, seriously though, how do I land an interview? And I am old as fuck. Question mark. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the old part isn't helping, but I don't know that it necessarily hurts if you have a great spec script and that's what it is. Gadfly, Gadboy. I I have a suggestion here and it's going to sound like I'm joking. I'm not. So you have this sample. Supposedly it's good. Just on social media, make all your avatar pictures like a picture of a dock or something. Sunset. Don't use your face. Then no one will know you're old until you come in. And then they they can't be taken aback by it because we all know in the workplace that type of stuff's illegal. Yeah. So just hide it. You you don't have to, you know, lead with, you know, and as someone who's 59, I feel I'm going to like don't don't have any animations of that and then spring it on them. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of true. I come to think of it, all the specs I read, I'm never like, okay, you know, how old is this person? Like I I I never know. I guess I make an assumption in my mind based on Content. what the script is about. I mean, if it's a spec happy days, you might be in trouble. <laughs> but right. um yeah, anyway, that that guy's a nut. He'll he's doing just fine. He just made a movie, I think. So oh, um good go him. ahead. Okay, and our last one is Oh, thank God. <laughs> Tinka Dinka Doo tweeted. Tinka Dinka Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Who actually holds the interview? Who would have the responsibility for hiring? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's the people you're interviewing with generally. For for a writing job, if you're talking to, I guess, the showrunners or the show creator, depending on the show, which most likely that that's the interview you'll have, um, they would be... What about on Family Guy? Good. Yeah, on Family Guy, if, if you come in and have an interview with, with me and Rich... Yeah, we'll be making that decision. I mean, there's there's a variable at the studio. They may say like, for some reason, we we don't want to hire at this level, or we can't do this, or we can't match their quote. Um, but it's basically like if we like their stuff and we like them in a meeting, we're pretty excited to to make an offer. Usually that day. I, I selected day, that's that. the Family Guy's same day promise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really selected that question for two reasons, and, and one we've already talked about, which was that, you know, you don't know who's going to interview you. So, for example, when I interviewed on The Grinder, there was clearly this choreographed thing where uh, Rob Lowe popped in during the middle of the interview. So I, what I'm guessing happened is he was like, hey, I'd kind of like to meet whoever you're interviewing. 
And so as I'm meeting with the creators, Jared and Andy, he sticks his head in and they're like, hey, oh, hey, we're interviewing uh, a writer. You want to meet him? And he's like, sure. And then he sits down next to me. So like, be prepared for that to happen on a project where, you know, there's a big star who's uh, also a producer who, you know, right. they don't want to like let you know you're going to meet them necessarily, but that person may want to meet you. And and I've seen you in these situations. You are very cool under fire. And I think, you know, after X amount of years out in L.A., you get that way. But but Rob Lowe comes walking through that door. Oh. I think I'm, a, I'm a little starstruck. <laughs> oh, well, the, the, the great and now, now we're on total sidebar. But the, the great part and, and this is instructive for a lot of celebrities, like people who are good at being celebrities. He is great. Like Rob Lowe knows he's Rob Lowe and he knows the effect he has on people. So what he does is he brings you into this world and is nice to you, which makes you like him so much more because right. you're like, not only is he Rob Lowe, but then he was talking to me like he's not even Rob Lowe and like uh, I'm Rob Lowe. Uh, and so, so it's like, I'm, I feel like Rob Lowe because he's wow. drawn me into being Rob Lowe and then he leaves and then all your serotonin crashes and you're you again. <laughs> I, oh my God, yes. I could imagine just... Being starstruck, especially by him. Very handsome. Handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for your questions again. And uh, that was a fun, that was actually better to talk about interviews than I thought it was going to be. It was yeah. a better a better topic uh, than I gave it credit for. And well, then, now's the time to express skepticism. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This might just work out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're gung-ho with interviews. All right. So that's in our rear view. <laughs> Stop chortling at me there, canteen boy. Um, all right. So now we're going to head uh, the home stretch here, folks. Home stretch. We are going to do, uh, this, is, this was fun, thinking of this list. We're doing a top five this week. It's top five all-time movie comedies. It's a daunting category, but it was a lot of fun to think about. And this is personal Personal. Personal. Yeah, this is not what you think, you know, should be on everybody's Mount Rushmore. It, this is what you think, what makes you laugh. Um, all right, let's go. Ladies first, JC, or do you want us okay. to go? Um, I'll go. I, I don't Ladies mind going. Ladies' choice. Let's call okay. it that. Ladies' right. choice. Well, I'll go, and then you get, I'll just get, to, you know, the beat down from my no choices. I guarantee no. yours are better than mine. I don't oh. know. This time I'll start with number five instead of number one. That's a good good <laughs> adjustment. Good adjustment on the fly. Um, number five is a movie called Muriel's Wedding. Oh, I remember that. It was a Tony Collette's like big debut, I guess. I've never I seen it. Oh, God. I saw it so <laughs> many times. Yeah, I remember seeing that with uh, my girlfriend at the time. She was way into it because everyone kind of looked like her in the movie. Oh, it was like all in Ireland or something. Or was it, it was in Australia? Australia, yeah, Australia. I scratched that. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of a different movie. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, that's that's my number five. Number four is Rushmore. Oh. So. <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> Me too. I wasn't sure what your reaction God, was going to be. I love <laughs> Love that movie. Yeah, I've seen that one a ton of times. Just um, that that opening uh, when he's having that dream fantasy of himself in math class, you know, yes. and he he gives a little quip when he looks up. He's like, I'm sorry, did somebody say my name? And they have all the classes chortling at him like he's so damn charming. <laughs> and he's completing the math problem with the soup, you know. And it, yes. Oh, so great. Fantastic. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, I got to pay more attention to that. 
Um, you'd think I would. Um, number, wait, I have three. Six. I actually have six on here accidentally. Whoops. Oh, um, boy. On the fly, you've got to eliminate one. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. No, just go ahead. Just list them. Okay. So this is actually number four then. So I have being John Malkovich. Oh, I'm getting the sense of an artsy curated list. I, well, yes. the thing is, is I, I did struggle with this because I was like, should I have airplane on here? And no I popcorn have, fair for Jason. <laughs> should I have spinal tap? I had, I really struggled, but it was really like, these are the ones that really resonate with me. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, so you're, number you're blowing our lists, by the way, I, I, as you go, as you I'm go, sorry. you're blowing holes in our list. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> Three is Heather's. Oh, yes. Maybe. Movie I Dak. It's very it's Dak. Very Dak. Oh, they're covered. They were all covered in soot at the yes. end. I remember they were all in, covered in soot and smoke. In corn nuts. <laughs> and um, number two, which is a movie that is my actual all-time favorite, which we mm. discussed before. I don't know if it was our this podcast, but it's not my number one comedy. Interesting. Is Brazil. Oh. Boy, just a just a headache in a bottle I for know. me, Brazil. <laughs> I love this literally all time favorite movie. All right, well, you know what? I can't. It's sort of in the Monty Python universe, and yeah. I can't really argue with yeah. that. <laughs> okay, and then number one is Office Space. Very funny. Finally, <laughs> finally making a concession to something. Very funny. That was very for me easy to find number one. Everything else was like uh, I got to rack my brain. So yeah. All right. Well, that's a, no. That was a, that's a Good you list. know what it's it's an honest okay. list. Okay, I appreciate it's that. It's an honest list. <laughs> Thank All right. You. What what are we doing here, Goldie? Uh, how about I go? Because I okay. I don't think I I think you're not going to like my list. I'm going to love it. And I think people won't agree with it. So at at number five, I'm going Dumb and Dumber. (gasps) I love that. I I love that movie. It's, yeah. I mean, mean, you know, I, I, and I was talking before JC on this, I I struggled mightily with is Ace Ventura going to be on there? Because I think when Jim Uh, Carrey exploded, there was no one funny. Well, this to me, like Dumb and Dumber eats Naked Gun and Airplane on this, which I know is controversial, but it's like, I I can't, you, you you can't do much. That high, dumb stupidity is to me the best example. Uh, number four, and this had happened to be because it hit me where I was in life at the time. Wedding Crashers. Ooh. Oh, I was gonna that put crazy. that was a struggle for me too. The the first I was going ha- to weddings. I was you know the first hour plus the might be the best comedy hour plus ever. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. We're yeah. not that young. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> you will think back on this. So a couple true. of young kids making. I mean, just with sack alone. <laughs> I know. It, that, Christopher Walken looking for sack. I know. Was that sack. his name? Where's sack? Um, number three, and this is. I think you're going to make fun of me for this, but whatever. Uh, the in-laws with the Peter Falk, Alan Arkin. I would never make never fun of you for that. that. I'm just not as I've seen it. I'm just not as familiar. It's not my go-to older comedy. And and ex- exclusively, like one of the best executions of this style in comedy, where they're 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 about to meet this dictator of a Latin American country, and then uh, Peter Falk turns to Alan Arkin and he says, "You know, he's got this birthmark. He's very sensitive about it. Don't say anything about it. Don't look at it." And the guy opens the door. He's got this huge Z-shaped birthmark on his face, and Alan Arkin goes, A Z! <laughs> it's just like the best flip joke of all time. Um, number two is MacGruber. 
Oh, wow. So funny. Oh, my wow, God. Wow. I can't believe that's two, though. So but that was. I, I couldn't either. And yet when I did it, I Will felt Fortin. I felt liberated. And ju- just him air fucking his ghost yes. wife in the yes. graveyard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, him, him trying to fuck anything in the office. <laughs> The montage, the team assembling montage at the beginning. Oh, a lot God. of funny stuff. We, we quote uh, that it, a lot during Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, didn't, shoot. He, didn't, didn't he offer to like suck everyone's cock to not yeah. shoot him? Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> so funny. I'll suck your dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, funny. And num- now number one, and then there's the question like, is this even a comedy? But this, this then goes to like, because of the poignancy because of where it lives in history and because of the specific scenes, I'm calling it the greatest comedy of all time. Ooh. I'm I'm calling it big. Woo! Whoa! Yes, I love that call. Wow, that is wow. a that's a bold number one choice. I mean, there's a lot great about Big. It's kind of sweet. It's sort of like putting Princess Bride on your. Is list it a comedy? Something. Like that's that's the question. Is just you go. Is it really like a comedy? Because it's not. Yeah particularly like funny in in a way but it just hits you in in such a it's different situationally way. funny yeah i really like, like it when maybe goldie you can tell us why you think it's the greatest of all time oh uh i mean yeah, that'd, be, that'd be good on for this one list. level because it hits you differently at different ages because when you're a kid you're just engaging in the fantasy of like being older and they fulfill that like that is how it would play out yeah. right yeah and there's the sweetness to it that you can watch it with your kid. But then when you're a parent, it's that like living through the mom whose son is gone cry, and cry, only getting cry, these. Cry, I know cry. I'm I, I, I'm feeling it behind the eyes and only getting these vague intimations that he's OK and then getting him back at the end. Yeah. I mean, as you know, as, as a parent of a new dog. Um, <laughs> I can just totally relate to that. Oh, yeah. that's great! Great, that's a good, poignant, great choice. poignant. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna race through mine. Okay. Uh, five is one. JC, you already shat on uh, airplane. <laughs> airplane. <laughs> okay, so I'm the obvious guy with airplane. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, but listen to my number four, JC. <laughs> okay. Rushmore. Ooh. Oh. Nice. We were there. Nice. We were there. <laughs> we were. Okay, number three, getting into new territory. Not even his best movie, I would say. It, that's also debatable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, Rushmore was his best, but Tannenbaums and Zisu have too. something to say. Yeah. Oh, um, two milligrams of THC and Zisu. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so my number three uh, from 1972, the original Heartbreak Kid with Charles Grodin. Mm. Um, it has. Maybe a couple of the funniest scenes in movies that I've that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> there is I don't a know. lot of him scrambling in a very funny way. Yes. It's basically about a newlywed who on his honeymoon falls in love with an incredibly beautiful girl oh, while God. he's on his honeymoon with this kind of nightmarish girl. <laughs> um, it's so funny. And Eddie Albert, uh, the late, great Eddie Albert, he go. Oh, wait. Hey, gone! <laughs> there he is. Um, he plays the uh, father of the beautiful girl he falls in love with, who's very skeptical of Charles Grodin because he's honest. He's a goddamn newlywed. <laughs> Says that a lot. Anyway, great movie. If you haven't seen it, see it now. Number Horrible two, remake. Well, let's not get into that. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> is that his two, next movie? <laughs> number two is the remake. Very good, Jason. No, number two was a movie that uh, we embar- I embarrassingly did not know was from 1984, but here it is on my list. Number two is Spinal Tap. Right. Spinal Tap, in, in terms of comedy, we've we've talked about this many's the time, but yes, just, I would say that the two omissions from my list that I really like struggle most with were Spinal Tap and Step Brothers. Ooh. Yep. See, but you go with Wedding Crashers over Step Brothers. I had that yes. same thought. Wedding Crashers was around the top of my uh, was was close to the top five. Number one for me, not even close. When anyone asks me, this is what I have at the ready. Number one is Tootsie. Tootsie to me is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Fantastic script, unbelievable performances. The the uh, the the supporting characters in that movie are insanely great. You know, Dabney Coleman, George Gaines, Charles Durning, Bill Murray, Terry Garr. Everybody is nailing it. And also, uh, really nice soundtrack. Telling me it might be you, Tootsie. It might be you. A very sweet. I live in the Wimp Rock era. I love it. Christopher Cross and Stephen Bishop. to death would you have been fooled by tootsie well it's a problem i'll never have to really figure out because uh what i just bought it hook line and sinker when i was 10 so that's that's all i needed for it to be real for me for the rest of my life like i wouldn't have bought miss doubtfire for a minute but tootsie was closer tootsie looks like some of the women on my dad's side of the family (laughs) it's not that far off there's a very 80s specific like we all had like six tootsies they were all named dot yeah aunt dot aunt pearl i had an aunt pearl and an aunt dot wow that's unbelievable and ida maybe was in there oh god yeah well that was a fun list, a fun yeah. list. And you know what? Another fun show. Yeah. I mean, we had a little break in the action and I think JC had a couple buses go by. Were you going to leap out? It wasn't me. Oh, I think that would be trash Goldie trucks. Goldie, Goldie, I think you heard my, truck. no, my, my kid, her, uh, her tutor came in. What? I heard mm. buses. No buses. Oh, well, I'm on a helicopter flight path. Or it's, it's, <laughs> nice. tra- it's, it's trash day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We've reached the end of another awesome. show. And I think yeah. uh, we should be congratulated. We've done two. That's yeah. two in the books. In the books. Yep. In the books. And uh, you know what? We'll be back next week with a TBD topic that we have no idea yet. That's how we do <laughs> it's things. It's a lot of work. And Johnny jokes. That's right. Uh, um, all right. Thanks, guys. You did great. Right. And thank you all for listening. Thank you.